Coming up on today's show, Miz vs. Priest is set for backlash. We'll run down tonight's NXT lineup. We need man tag, main events, New Japan strong. Dates for the next SummerSlam and NXT TakeOver in your house. Mm. And AEW goes back on the road as Travis attends the Daily Wrestling News Show Gauntlet and more on this 95th episode of the Daily Wrestling News Show. This is the Daily Wrestling News for May 11th, 2021. We are powered by the Eastern Observer. My name is Ryan Joy, and I'm coming to you live from Minutes to Bell Time Studio B on the beautiful shores of the great Sakandaga Lake within the Empire State's Adirondack Park. And I'm joined today by Travis Severance. Travis, good morning. Good morning. Great to be here as always. The weather has really started to get a little bit better around here. I might actually put a pair of shorts on after this. Um, we'll see. Still early. As I left uh, the Sunshine State and came north for the Empire State, I had to tell everybody that I no longer wear uh, pants, sleeves, or socks. So <laughs> It's am... good you're making the visit now and not <laughs> yes. in December. Correct. Correct. So mm -hmm. uh, as mentioned in the cold open, the the lead story today is that AEW is going back on the road. They've announced dates for July 7th, 14th, and 21st. I will say that going back on the road is somewhat disingenuous when <laughs> they're going to another venue in Florida and then they're going to Texas. That's what they meant. <laughs> yeah, I think maybe they want to kind of warm up the ring crew and warm up everybody to sort of traveling again. Um, I think when the pandemic started and watching the way that AEW and WWE kind of handled things um, in, in sort of different ways, I, I would have been surprised to know that AEW announced they were first going on the road. Um, yeah. But we see, you know, a couple of dates in a couple of states that are a little looser with the regulations and stuff now. So... Um, I'm excited. Like, give me some live fans in the stands and stuff. Let me get a hot dynamite. Their numbers have been great since the since the move and stuff. So um, I'm I'm encouraged by this and, and hopeful. Right. It is uh, Miami and then Austin and Dallas are the the uh, the territories that they're headed to. So um, South Florida, as opposed to Jacksonville, is North Florida. So that's about five hour difference. Sure. So it's so it is quite a ways away from home. It's not like all the people that were going to Jacksonville are driving to Miami to watch to watch Dynamite. So it is it is a different market. Yeah, I'm a little jealous. My my two friends from um, that own Pandasaurus Games, Nathan um, and Molly, they are in the Texas area. Actually, we ran into them at Revolution on the way out. If you remember when we were getting our Moxley shirts, um, I, I'm positive that one or the other of them or both of them will be able to attend both of those shows. So I'm a little bit jealous because usually I get the jump on him. He asked if I was at blood and guts. I said, if my cousin was still in Florida, I would have been so. Right. Yeah. So, uh, with that said, we might as well kick right into the dynamite card for this week. Uh, they're back in Jacksonville. So, uh, we start with the Young Bucks versus SCU in a World Tag Team Championship, possibly Christopher Daniels' last match. Yeah, um, interesting match. Uh, obviously, we saw Bucks versus SCU, but not this iteration. Um, and I don't think we've ever seen Christopher Daniels, Frankie Kazarian versus the Young Bucks since AEW is gone. We've seen him in some mixed right. matches and stuff right. like that, but it's always been Scorpio Sky and Frankie Kazarian. So um, this is kind of a first, which is weird to say. Um, I don't see the Bucks losing this match based on the way that things go. Um, SCU breakup, I'm not sure what that means. Um, well, it's... it's uh... 
I think it's not only a breakup, but it's also Christopher Daniels is hanging it up. But the thing is, like, is this the time where they trot out the disqualification that they never use? You know, is this the time that they do that so that they can save Christopher Daniels from having to eat a, eat a loss here? I think it really depends. I, I don't know. I haven't seen anything from Christopher Daniels. I'm not sure what his next move would be. I'm not sure if that means you, you know, you know hold on to something else. He does talent relations for them. Yeah. So. I, I mean, I don't know. And then, and then that puts you Frankie Kazarian back on a singles path or, you know, this, mm-hmm. this is the end of SCU, which, you know, this incarnation is definitely, I think, a little bit weaker, not as far as um, psychology goes in the ring, but certainly physically, it's very different. Christopher Daniels from Scorpio Sky, and Scorpio Sky is obviously in a very different direction now. Um, so, right, they don't have the buzz that Sky and Kazarian had when they first started, um, or even the buzz that Daniels and Kazarian had when they were in Ring of Honor. Yeah, and we'll see. Maybe this is, you know, Daniels kind of wrapping up a contract and slowly kind of walking away from it and, and going back to doing doing normal life stuff. Um, I mean, there were certainly chunks of time during the pandemic when Daniels wasn't around. Um, sure. Or Frankie was there grinding it out the entire time. So, um, you know, it'd be a weird swan song for him, but I guess, you know, an appropriate one too, given the amount of time that he spent with, with Frankie in the ring and stuff. So it, it, it's, it's, yeah, we could see a weird DQ, but I don't, I don't think the Bucks lose outside of that. No chance. Yeah. Yeah, I got. I mean, I feel like the Bucks are going all the way to to double or nothing with the belts, and they're probably going to defend them against Moxley and Kingston. Although I said to Al Carl yesterday on the show that that match is big enough to not need those title belts. Agreed. So, Agreed. So they could switch them. It'd be a weird switch, but they could do it. So, also Pac versus Orange Cassidy on the show this week. The winner faces Kenny Omega for the. AEW World Championship, and it feels like they're really setting up Orange Cassidy, so we could see a swerve here, right? Yeah, I don't know. It, it um, maybe. I think it feels it feels too swervy to me. Um, you know, we got to see kind of Orange Cassidy's coming out party at Revolution February 29th in Chicago when he faced Pac in a really really good match. The he's gonna try match. We think he's gonna try match. Um, yeah. So these two have had a good match together before. Um, I don't know. I I see. I think they want to make Pac a real contender. I don't see them throwing Cassidy at Omega here in any real way to go to double or nothing to fight that match. Um, I would be surprised if Cassidy comes out on top here. Yeah, it feels like this is a Don Callis or Kenny Omega coming out and you know somehow getting involved or whatever distracting Cassidy pockets the win here and goes on. I think, and I think Omega has to kind of avenge that loss to Pac too, given that he tapped out and the whole thing. There's, there's a hell of a story to tell there too. Like Kenny Omega doesn't have a lot of losses on his, on his card for AEW since he's been there and Pac is one of them. And it was a convincing beating. So um, Kenny definitely needs his comeuppance here. I think they did have a killer Iron Man match on the Wednesday before AEW revolution 2020. Great, great match. So anytime they want to run this match back, that's fine. Kenny <laughs> yeah. Omega won the Iron Man match. Pac won the All Out match. Yep. We're good. Yeah, we're good. Here. Exactly. Exactly. Jade Cargill will have an interview this week. Um, people probably weren't watching AEW Dark Elevation last night, but Mark Sterling came out with a little proposal, and he's talked to Jade Cargill in the back. Mark Sterling was MJF's lawyer, so mm-hmm. he's trying to uh, 
position himself as a potential manager for Cargo. Yeah, I'm interested. Where you, who who's the target for Jade? Who where do you think Jade goes here? Mm. I think if Britt Baker is going to win this women's championship, it's not that. So, I would agree. Yeah, Chris, it's kind of Chris Statlander is the most compelling match I can think of. I think. Yeah, I would I would say that 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 makes a heck of a lot of sense size wise, and she matches up really well. And Statlander would definitely be a threat. I don't see Jade losing anytime soon. Anytime soon, I think she's very big and just a a, a big name. And Statlander could probably take the loss and be just fine. I don't know. It's interesting, right? Like, um, you know, watching the Macho Man AEW thing and going back and flashing back to like him being the free agent and having the moment where all the managers kind of came out to the ring after Macho's big win. And then he introduced Elizabeth as his manager with Heenan and Blassie and all the guys in the ring. I could see them hearkening back to similar moment with Jade here maybe with some heel managers or something like that coming out to try to woo her and her calling somebody from the back would be kind of a cool callback moment if we see something like that so it would be interesting for sure hey maybe it'll be christopher daniels could be he's available or maybe available maybe available he may become available Mm -hmm. um this could be his second act i'd rather see three trinidad but i'm biased that way so yeah we'll see Cody Rhodes is supposed to announce his double or nothing plans. This is interesting too, because there's really nobody for him. Yeah, there isn't anybody for him in the uh, MGF Facebook page, which isn't run by MGF, but an MGF fan announced that the announcement was going to be a live tattoo removal at double or nothing for Cody Rhodes <laughs> on his neck tattoo. And I thought that was very clever. Um, and yeah, I so would Baker, be up Baker hopes it's a new action figure. That's so. right. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of people taking shots at Cody's announcement. I don't know. Hopefully it's not Brandy's due date or something like that. Like yeah. I'm, I moved on from the, from the Rhodes family that way. So we we'll see. I mean, I'm not sure. Is he going to, you know, do something, do an announcement about factory match or something. I, I assume that it's probably just the date and the location. Yeah. Yeah. It'll, I, it's uh his double or nothing plan. So maybe I think last time it was, he was in the Face of the Revolution ladder match, and they haven't announced a, a battle royal or anything like that. So maybe, maybe it'll be that. Yeah, usually this is casino battle royale time, right? Like usually we'll we'll see something like that. So, and I like those matches. I just hope they flesh it out a little bit better this time. Yeah, they do a good job with them. They, I think they did. A, I mean, they kept that Eddie Kingston Lance Archer thing going forever last year with Kingston claiming he wasn't eliminated and stuff and and all the storylines that feed off each other and they get you hyped about matches that you can see later. And I think every time, every time there's a surprise too, which obviously everybody looks forward to that as well. They usually bring somebody in that way. So I hope that's part of this one for sure. And then Miro versus Darby Allen for TNT championship. Boy, does this feel like the biggest threat to Darby's title? They're both undefeated. I think Miro's four now. Uh, Darby's I think eight and oh at this point uh, in 2021 so this is this is interesting to me yeah Darby tweeted out some pretty heavy sass at Miro too like oh I heard you're this hot free agent you came out here to be a best man and talk about video games like I'm not (laughs) worried about you at all but I I don't know I feel like and I and I've said this a couple of times during this open challenge but like him with his shoulder and being thrown down the stairs and stuff like that and with the Scorpio Sky uh, Ethan Page stuff from last week. You can set it up as he was hurt. If he comes out taped, I don't know. I think Miro's got a real shot here. Um, if you put the TNT title on Miro, boy, 
good luck. Like <laughs> you're gonna bring a house because yeah. he looks great. Like this is what happens when the man who doesn't mind dying meets the man who doesn't mind killing him. Basically, I think was the line from hundred percent. Great line. Great line. It was. And then Eugene Nagata versus John Moxley for the IWGP United States Championship. I I think this is the show opener. You think so? God, yeah. where do we go with the main then? Um, Darby and Miro. If, whatever, if there's a title change, it'll be the main, I think. I agree. I agree. That's probably true. Man, this thing got heated up on strong last week with the with the, yes. the Nagata you know, too. Closing the show in Nagata with the Nagata lock two on on Moxley in the middle of New Japan strong ring. Man. Um and, and Nagata shot on him quite a bit. So the match is a lot more exciting to me now than it was a couple of weeks ago when it was announced. Um I don't see Yuji Nagata becoming the first Japanese US heavyweight championship uh title holder, but um this should be a nice, strong, hard-hitting match, um, and we'll we'll see what happens. I don't know. I don't know if it's going to be just straight up, or if we're going to see some some nonsense and shenanigans. But they're both hard hitters. They like to wrestle strong style, so it should be good. If it's the show opener, that's going to be a hot hour one for sure. The best Megata matches are when he stands there and throws fists. Yep. You know those are the best ones, and mm-hmm. you know, that's why he had a great match with Suzuki. Oh, Ox had a Suzuki. great match with Suzuki. So, you know. Mm-hmm. Hopefully that's the style of match, and it'll be a completely different style than we see on Dynamite regularly. Usually we see, you know, people think of Dynamite, they think of the Bucks running around and jumping and stuff like that. This is a different style. Yeah, no, this is going to be a straight standard Japanese wrestling style match. Um, They'll use yeah, punch we're not a line DDT, but those mm-hmm. are the those are the moves I'm looking for in this. Yeah, match. you might you you're going to see a suplex, but that's probably about as as technical as you get, other than punches and holds for sure. Yeah. All right, well, we have a whole bunch more news to get into, and we'll get into that. So, uh, But first, let me just bring you into some history here. In 1985, WF aired the first ever Saturday Night Main Event on NBC, drawing an 8.8 rating. Think about all this wrestling, add those shows, all those wrestling shows for the week up, and you can't even get close to 8.8 these days. I guess that's an okay viewership. <laughs> And in 1953, weird, weird one, New York State Athletic Commission lifted a ban on tag team wrestling. I don't know the backstory there, but that sounds like something I'm going to look into later. So, Yeah, government overreach at its finest, I guess. <laughs> All right, let's jump into the news. There's a whole bunch of headlines, so I'll kind of read them off, and then we'll get into some meteor stuff in a second. But SmackDown did the best rating since January 29th. They did 2.282 million. And PW Insider reported that SummerSlam is August 22nd. No location known yet fightful select reported that nxt takeover will be june 13th as travis mentioned in the opening it's in your house last year was velveteen dream versus adam cole in a parking lot angelina love defeated quinn mckay on roh tv 503 love will now get a first round buy in the quest for gold tournament quinn mckay looked good though she had love dead to rights but then Mandy Leone got up on the on the uh, ring apron and caused a distraction. And Love used the Botox injection. That's her move for the win. Which, for those of you, it's like a pump kick. Yes, yes. <laughs> so, uh, so Quinn McKay doesn't necessarily mean that she's not going to be in the tournament. I said yesterday on the show with Al that I could see Angelina Love versus Quinn McKay as the finals of their tournament. No. Yeah, depending on who the other con- the other contenders are and stuff, I'll be interested to see how it goes. I thought the match was pretty good. Um, man, the EC3 
match, the tag match earlier in the show was really good. Against the Briscoes, yeah. EC3 and Flip. And Flip. Clearly we're, clearly we're going to EC3 versus Flip in the future here. So I'll take that all day. There you go. So let's talk about the news coming out of Monday Night Raw last night. There's not a lot of news news type of stuff, but we do have a match added to Backlash. That's The Miz versus Damian Priest in a Lumberjack match. The Miz, uh, the Miz and Damian Priest was announced early in the show, and then Priest came up with the idea to fight Morrison for to decide who gets to name the stipulation. Yeah, Obviously, and probably Priest. of all the dancing and the stuff that we've seen between Priest and Morrison and Miz and Bad Bunny and stuff like that, I don't know. It would be hard for me to target another match since they've been doing this since Royal Rumble that was better than this. I, I. Wish this was the pay-per-view match we were getting instead of Miz versus Priest. Um, I know why it is. Miz has got the show and stuff like that. They build the character around him. It's really too bad because I don't think we're going to get half the match that we got on Raw. This was probably the second best Raw match of the night. Um, Went 13 minutes. It was a longer match, too. Yep. Yep. Also on Raw last night, Jinder Mahal returned with Veer and Shanky by his side. Now, this is not... Induce share. This is one half of induce share, and then another big guy. So, uh, just so people don't make that mistake, but it is uh, Jinder Mahal. He's got backup, and he got a win over Jeff Hardy. Um, and I'll let you know the main event match was better. <laughs> yeah, actually uh, had on me. And and I don't mind Mahal coming out with those with the two of them. I wish they looked a little bit more cohesive or a little less sloppy. Like I thought they could have put them in a better like some sort of a better package or presentation to make them look like more of a force. Like, I don't know. They didn't do a great job of explaining a lot of the story. Jinder Mahal's back. Good. I enjoy that. But like flesh out who these other guys are and what's going on and stuff. And I, I don't know. The unannounced team bothers me anyway, but um, yeah, this match did not look as good as the, the main event match was just too bad, but um, Mahal won with a Coloss, and uh, that was pretty much that. So three and a half minute match, short, short one. So, mm-hmm. And then the other news is Umberto Carrillo appeared to be injured at the end of his match with Sheamus on this. Uh, that led to a ref stoppage um, because he did appear to be injured. PW Insider later reported that he's okay. So that match finished with Sheamus winning in nine minutes due to referee stoppage. So that was that. Uh, the other stuff on the card, real quick, so we don't leave anything out. Mandy, Mandy Rose, Dana Brooke, Asuka defeated Charlotte, Nia, and Shayna, 836. Alexa Bliss was on the ramp for that match, so must be one of those people are in her sights. Uh, Matt Riddle, Randy Orton, and The New Day defeated Elias, Riker, Amos, and Styles. Randy Orton did give The New Day each a RKO for their troubles at the end. Which was needed. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Randy Orton is not... He's happy to team with Riddle for the business end of it, but he's not into any of the backstage shenanigans. He said, you think that's fun when talking about tomatoes and stuff. So, Yeah, and here's the thing. We all know the tag team division on Raw is fairly limited. So if you're going to stretch out this Riddle-Randy Orton thing to a point where they're facing for the belts, which they're already starting to get them together, there's not a ton of places for them to go through. And with them kind of being Facebooked to a degree, okay, this sets up, obviously, next Monday we're going to see New Day versus 
either both of them or one of them or whatever. Like you can stretch out a four way. We've seen this plenty of times with, you know, previous things or whatever. But yeah, I think the lead up is we'll probably see SummerSlam or maybe before that we'll see Orton and Riddle for the titles. I think this was all about finding somebody who could pin AJ Styles and they could feel good about it. Sure. So they brought in Randy Orton. And so eventually Randy Orton and Matt Riddle will win the titles and then later down the road they'll lose the titles and implode. You have six months of booking here, but mm-hmm. we called it we called it right now. So yep. we know how this is going. Yeah. And and I mean I'm fine with it. Like I feel bad. Like Randy obviously thinks Riddle's kind of a clown, but if you watched him this week coming out, there were and he knows where the cameras are because the guy's been doing this forever. He turned his back to the camera because he's looking at Riddle being a goof in the ring and he's trying not to break character on TV. Like yeah. I know he's got to be smirking or whatever, looking out towards the monitors, and then he's trying to recompose himself to come back around because he knows that the money is all in his face. He even talked about it right. in the Austin interview. So he's not turning his back on purpose. He's turning his back so that he doesn't break the kayfabe of having to try to be serious when he's looking at this lunatic hopping around and singing his song in the ring. <laughs> Shelton Benjamin and Cedric Alexander had a match. Shelton won that. For by far the best forces. the best match of the show by, by a margin. <laughs> Rhea Ripley got a win over Asuka. Damian Priest over John Morrison and Drew McIntyre defeated Bobby Lashley by disqualification at the end of the show. Strowman power slammed everybody multiple times. And that was that. Yeah. I mean, is anybody really compelled to see Braun Strowman hold that championship belt again? Because he had compelling characters. He's never won this one. He's the universal championship, but fair enough. I don't think anybody's really pulling for that or asking for that, but we'll, we'll see. I mean, um, I don't know. I don't know. It's a weak. It's a weak main. Yeah, for sure. It, it, I mean, it, the, if you look at coming off of Mania, if you look at the way the women's division championship was booked and the way the men's championship division, they're like mirror images of each other. The writing yeah. is two triple threats. Two triple threats where the third person kind of wedged in, similar to how everybody felt about the triple threat at WrestleMania. So correct. You know, it's kind of a history repeating itself a little bit. Now, here's an interesting tidbit. The Wrestling Observer reported that the Velveteen Dream was backstage at Raw. Don't know why. Don't know what that was going on with that, but he was there, I guess. He has not been on television or being used on NXT in a long time. So hmm. That would be interesting. Yep. It's something new. Now, on the subject of NXT, NXT tonight, we've got a four-match card, and it's a very good card. I think it's one of the better cards I've seen in a while uh, for NXT, Raquel versus Mercedes, Escobar versus Kushida, Karen Cross versus Austin Theory, and Killian Dane versus Alexander Wolf. So using using people up and down, you know, the roster. But the two title matches I think are very strong. One, but they're probably the bookends of the show, like we often often see. Um, I think Raquel is probably pretty easily going to win. I don't say easily win, but I think this is her match. So I would agree with that. And then the, the, the announcer gets to do the rare call and gets to say three falls. Yeah, that's true for the Escobar and Kushida match. Yeah. So I think that's going to go pretty long, right? Unless you get a cheap cheeky win in the middle of that. Um, I don't know. I thought usually I think these, these are booked like one and one, and then there's a third, but like, I feel like the last time they did a rounds match, 
the rounds match, there was like only like it just the, the one guy just ran through the other guy and that was the end of it. I'm like, oh, we're going to get like 25 minutes of wrestling here. And I think it was done in 15 or whatever. Maybe it was the first time they did a rounds. Well, you know, in, in regards to this Escobar and Kushida match, I wrote on com that I thought it was actually kind of weakened a little bit by being two out of three falls because if they if they go only 12 minutes or something with this, that's too much for one match. Because you figure Kushida's going to get pinned, Escobar's going to get disqualified, and then you got a third ma- third fall to decide it. I think that you need 25 minutes for that. To, mm-hmm. Otherwise, it's going to feel like really choppy. A lot mm-hmm. of starts and stops in a short period of time. So if they don't go 25-30 on this, then I, I think we're worried about a bad match. But if they go 25-30, I think it'll be a good match. Really so I good. agree with that, and I think it does give them in a weird way. It gives you the ability to do... And I don't know if they're thinking about this or this is part of the foresight, but a pin gives you a natural segue to go to, or a pin or a conclusion of a match lets you go right into commercial. Yes. And you come back and the next fall is going. And if they time it that way, from a production standpoint, it makes a ton of sense to me. I hope we see that. Gosh, Kushida Escobar for 25, 30. Sign yep. me up. Um, I'm good. Yeah, I think that'll be and unlike the carrying cross versus Austin Theory match, which I think should be over in about thirty-five Four seconds. seconds. Yeah, yeah, that doesn't need to be very long. I Look, like Austin Theory. I think Austin Theory is going to be fantastic. He's a young kid, twenty-three years old, phenomenal talent. Carrying cross. <laughs> <laughs> carrying cross. Yeah, I think you know. Let's spend the time on his entrance. Let's get that right. We're you know that's we know we'll take the that's how, maybe that's how the show actually opens with Cross coming to the ring. And what and are then, you doing going with? In, Austin Theory, why are you bothering Scarlet? Like, just stay away, <laughs> stay, dude. Bother like literally anybody else. He was like, just trying to confirm whether the nails were real. <laughs> <laughs> Not a smart move. And then Killian Dane versus Alexander Wolf in a continuing saga. I'm really interested to see if they're going to pull, you know, fight, 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 and then pull Killian Dane in, yeah. or if they fight, 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 and pull Alexander Wolf out of Imperium. Or if they just beat Killian Dane down. Yeah, this is this is this is cool. This is this is neat how they built this story around previous relationships and stuff, and they pulled him in. And like you know, I was worried about what was going to happen with Dane because he'd kind of cooled off for a little bit there after going through the entrance ramp or whatever he did. Um, so this is kind of this is this is interesting. I like it. It's kind of a meta story where like you had to be inside the inside to look at it and stuff like that. And NXT does a smart presentation that way, whether it's UK or regular stateside. It's nice to see them doing some callbacks and stuff. And this isn't a clean one. This isn't an easy call. This is a bunch of different yeah. directions that they can go, and it's really cool and super interesting. And to me, Alexander Wolf is not the most compelling person on the roster, but them putting this storyline together with these two guys and making this happen, really, really well done. Yeah, it makes it interesting, for sure. Uh, only thing that would make it more interesting is if Eric Young was the special guest referee. Which we'll is. see. I don't think we're going to. but I don't think that'll be happening. No, if he signed with MLW, maybe, but yeah, that's right. Okay, well, we know he's at impact. It's time for it's the daily wrestling news show gauntlet. And boy, do you have an uphill task today because Al Carl set the pace yesterday. Only one person's getting a point this week. I'm, not, I'm going to give you the name of a show, and you have to start naming wrestlers that wrestled in matches on that show. and Go until you give me a wrong answer. And 
Al Carl did 20 yesterday. He literally, I gave him NXT TakeOver uh, Worlds Collide, and he named every match on the card, every single person. So I had to look and find shows that had more than 20 people on them to give you trivia. So we're going to go with Survivor Series last year, 2020. You can begin whenever you're ready. Randy Orton. Do, 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 do. Randy Orton. Was he not on the show? Team Raw. No. He had to be, right? I mean, he's the best wrestler WWE has. All right, moving on. Yeah. It looks like Randy Orton was not on the card. <laughs> How is that possible? I'm double checking. He's not on the card. Okay. Okay. Well, that was easy. Yeah. <laughs> if you named like literally anybody else. Okay, we'll check that again later. But on to uh, all right, stay stay with us, folks. Here we're going to do one more segment, but I want to tell people about some things before we go. We're going to talk about New Japan Strong in a, in a minute here, but. Stay with me while I talk to you about some other shows and stuff that's going on. So here is the Crucifix t-shirt. It's the featured t-shirt this month. It is $20 at buyslamclothes.com. It comes in all the sizes. They're still $20. It includes shipping. It's in the super soft style already. So just $20 gets you all that. And it's a great, great shirt. And if you buy two shirts, use the promo code SHIRTS10 for 10% off. And then... Join Joey Jarzanka, Ian Schreier, and Rob DeLuca on Friday nights for the primetime rundown. We take you through the world of sports. And the show kicks off at 6 p.m. on the Eastern Observer. And tonight, join us back here and everywhere else you're watching the show for the Essential Wrestling Podcast. Every Tuesday, Al Carl hosts with John Smith, John DeCani, myself, and Gary Mahaffey for another week of updates and highlights in the world of wrestling. We make our picks for all the week's matches, including this weekend's two big shows from Impact and WWE. We make those picks on ProWrestlingPick'em.com. It is a place where you can create or join a fantasy pick'em league in the world of pro wrestling and play against your friends or play against the universe. Sign up for a league now at ProWrestlingPick'em.com. This show, the Daily Wrestling News Show, we're here every day, Monday through Thursday, and occasionally on Friday for a, a brand new show to bring you through all the news that's going on in the world of wrestling. Show kicks off at 10 a.m. every single day, but you can also get it on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, everywhere else on demand, uh, YouTube, whatever. Daily Wrestling News Show. And Travis, New Japan Strong. New Japan Strong. They're starting to finally show. get into it. Yep. This is going to be a good one. So we got Rocky Romero versus AJZ. I don't know anything about AJZ. So AJZ, Ohio Valley Wrestling. People okay. might be familiar. That's kind of the, the factory before the factory of NXT. A lot of great names came out of there. It's Al Snow's deal. They're out of Louisville in Kentucky. Um, he actually just lost for their first national title. Um, good looking kid. Um, he's a body guy, bodybuilder type style. Um, it's interesting because... They do a daily show or they do a weekly show and there's a taping and stuff that they run and then they run it on the air. Um, he's had some success. Um, obviously, they think a lot of him and they threw him in there for the first title defense or the first title try. Um, I don't think we're going to see Rocky win this one, but um, it should be an interesting match. 
Yeah. Uh, Leo Rush and Leo Rush and Fred Rosser versus ELP and Hikaleu. This is a fun match. Yeah, get the Bullet Club in there. Get ELP Wally stateside. Hikaleo is is great. Um, this should be a hell of a match. Um, I'm really interested to see this. Um, Leo Rush and Fred Rosser is kind of a nice. That's a nice tag team. And the same thing could be said for ELP Hikaleo. Uh, hopefully, this moves me into an ELP Leo Rush match in the following sure. week. So, love no, to see that. Yeah, that's money match. A hundred percent. Hundred percent. Then in the main event, it's an eight-man tag. Carl Fredericks, Brody King, TJP, Clark Connors versus Tom Lawler, Chris Dickinson, Danny Limelight, and J.R. Kratos. They are pulling all the big names from Strong out. Uh, Danny Limelight, by the way, last night on AEW Dark Elevation, they had a whole feature on him. He's a former Marine um, a drill sergeant and everything, and he has a great story, and he's a great wrestler. So it's nice to me to see him getting featured on AEW that way. But all these other guys are big names too. Yeah, this is kind of the big feature. And I, and, and this is one of their eliminator tag matches as well. And for those people that are not familiar with how that works, that's a, that's kind of a new Japan um, original. So you're going to see different ways where people will get eliminated from this match um, to, to come down to a culmination where there's just two left in the ring. We've got a bunch of stuff we got Brody King and, and Chris Dickinson on opposite sides of the teams and their tag team at ROH and stuff. we got Dickinson versus Lawler in a couple of weeks for the for the first time with that championship belt. Um, and, it, yeah, this is all the highlights of the New Japan Strong guys. So this should be a hell of a match. Um, if I had to call it, I bet we're going to see maybe maybe we Ooh, see Lawler, Lawler Brody again. Or some some dissension will happen, or we'll see a Kratos bumping up against Brody King would be nice to see too. But yeah, we're gonna see some some people. It it is good to see Danny Limelight um, getting some props. AEW doing that much work with him leads me to believe we'll probably see a Danny Limelight is all elite soon. I don't think they do those kind of features for people that they're not gonna, you know, go all the way with. Um, but yeah, he's been one of those periphery guys. It's just a phenomenal wrestler. That's you know, touch the bases with, with all the indies and stuff. So it, it, it's good to see him getting some attention and, and he's pretty well liked. Like you see a ton of people on Instagram and stuff call back to Danny as, as being somebody that they really respect and enjoy working with. So I'm happy to see that. And I'm happy to see the attention that he's getting. Yeah. hundred percent. The radioactive poppy as he's known, but uh, I think Clark Connors is here to take the pin, but I do think that you're going to have a lot of, you know, exchange between Lawler and Dickinson in here to maybe something to start, you know, start something because they do have a match coming up to generate a little heat or something. Yeah. They're calling him the white rhino too, which is interesting on the new Japan side of things. So this is supposed to be his, I'm seriously done being a young lion match match. Um, so if he takes the pin, that's good style for them. They certainly could <laughs> Jushin Liger like a hundred times in his retirement way out the door. So sure. That's how they kind of celebrate you there at New Japan. So yeah, Clark Connors taking the pin for the finals would be would be interesting for sure. All right, one more thing as we head out the door here, the Body Slam Brigade newsletter. Do sign up for that at bodyslambrigade.com. Uh, I, I bring you through everything, everything you've heard on the show this week. Uh, it's basically featured as a bullet point or something in the newsletter every week that I that I put out at 11 a.m. It's free, bodyslambrigade.com. You can stay up to date on New Japan, Impact, WWE, AEW, and God, this past week I had GCW and CCW and MCW and all kinds of news in there. So 
uh, do plug into that and make sure you know what's going on in the world of wrestling, even as uh, Triple Mania news starts to hit the hit the presses. So a lot of stuff going on. And I put out an audio version for my patrons. So that's something new that's happening. Uh, I don't know if it'll be every week, but you know, we might, uh, might be onto something. So nice. Travis, anything else? So two quick ones, ROH. We got Josh Woods versus Silas Young on Saturday, and sure. we've got a six-man titles match, Primal Fear yep. versus Shane Taylor promotion. So that should be a that should be fun. And hopefully we'll see some maybe some more fleshing out of what's going to end up happening with that women's tournament that they have coming up. And then boy, it sounds like you guys are going to be running down two pay-per-views this weekend with on EWP. So Hopefully, you like get some some dinner packed in there for you before when you're backstage and stuff, because that sounds like it's going to be a long one. And you guys getting it in under the wire for NXT. Good luck with all that coverage. Yeah, that's right. That's right. It's going to be a long show tonight, but <laughs> but we'll do our best. We'll do our best. I'll keep my picks brief. There so, you go. The, the thing is about in, the Impact Show is that we actually don't know all the matches yet. We know Josh Alexander is going to defend against one of six people. So it's going to be kind of hard to pick that on the show. But, yeah, rough. Um, and then we know Deanna Perrazzo is going to defend against Havoc or Rosemary. Uh, I'll pick Deanna. I don't. But I think, I think they've got they've got like six matches announced. But yeah, those Impact pay per views massive cards. A lot of times. usually eight or nine matches. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. Definitely worth your money. Yeah, there, there's a couple more besides what's on their website. So that they're going to add uh, this week, I'm sure they'll announce. So. Yeah. All right. Well, man, I'm going to double check that Randy Orton guess you had on the Survivor Series, and we'll update people in post, I guess. So, I knew he wasn't. all right. I knew he wasn't there. <laughs> oh, okay, fair. All right. We'll see you next time, guys. Thank you very right. much for watching. And where's the outro music? Uh, I don't know. Here we go. Ben and